sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Another episode of the Beer Engine podcast. Lucky you. Uh, it is, we're, we are coming up on, God, it's got to be a year of this stuff. That's wild. Um, this is Griff, as always, here uh, here with you from Las Vegas. Uh, and uh, just like every week, I am joined by my uh, podcasting partner. And he, boy, we got some good news before this. And maybe this is going to spell the end of our podcast, but. He's going to be taking over the reins uh, for the late Rush Limbaugh. Uh, congrats, Tony, on the new gig. Oh, tell me, how, what do you what what are you coming? What kind of heat are you coming out with for the first show? Look, I um, I think Rush set the bar amazingly high for mm-hmm. the amount of racism he was able to cram into a day. And if I can, I can sort of meet a tenth of that. I think I'll be doing a tremendous job for the for the country a, but, a service yeah yeah he um he went from a fat fuck to a skinny fuck who was riddled with cancer <laughs> i i i i think this is a perfect um reason why we shouldn't have universal health care because he shouldn't have held on for this long if i'm going to take a rush limbaugh stance let, let's take it on rush himself he is the reason why nobody should have health care because <laughs> Even if you've got money, somebody that evil shouldn't be allowed to hang around. So forget a public option. Forget government-run health care. If we want Hitler to die or Rush Limbaugh to, to die, they're more likely to die under a system that doesn't have health care. So therefore, I would actually yeah. like to see the abolishment of Obamacare, any type of care, aged care, the care for the vulnerable. <laughs> no health care at all, yeah. Yeah. Um, it would have got rid of Hitler Earlier, stubby toe. To, he's gone. Go go back to the Christ, like era of Christ, where there is really no medical treatment other than, I mean, or you could go back to the 1300s or something where we got leeches. Oh, I yeah. guess it wasn't that long ago. That was like, I mean, weren't they hooking up leeches to William Henry Harrison? Or they whatever? were. That wasn't that long ago. Yeah. No, that that wasn't. But even in the the 13th century, so 1200 uh, AD or whatever it is now, with the extra True, initial. Yeah. Um, they, they were still providing some sort of comfort. I don't want people like Rush to get <laughs> yeah. any sort of comfort. I want it just to be all magic and mirrors and smoke and, yeah, just people dying from, like, tooth abscesses yeah. and stub toes. And it would get rid of evil people earlier, I think. I think it would lead to a um, sort of survival of the meekest, and, and I'm yeah. all for that. Hey, I would have gotten out of here a lot sooner. Could have saved me some trouble, that's for damn sure. Absolutely, uh, and it would have cost the American <laughs> taxpayer a lot of money. I know you paid some of those bills, but let's be honest. I, I, not really. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would say uh, the the unfortunate thing with your theory is that um, someone like Rush is always going to be able to afford to buy whatever they want. I mean, it's the Donald Trump. Donald Trump should have been dead. He should have died at, at most recently of COVID. But he was in exactly the right amount of power to get the one thing he needed. If he had never become president, he probably would have been dead. Um, yep. But he had the exact, he was the exact person who was going to get the exact thing that he needed to not be dead. And uh, he should have been dead. Uh, and of course, Rush Limbaugh should have dead, died 40 years ago. Um, but 
uh, you know, we, we were not lucky enough for that. The only thing I'll say about this, and I've, I've said this before on the show, and nobody on this, nobody listening to this podcast is necessarily going to disagree, but I guess, um, you know, I, I tend to be an advocate for empathy, but I also don't think you have to empathize with your captors. Um, I don't think you have to empathize with the people who are trying at all costs to make your life worse. Yep. Um, and I don't think empathy is something you earn, but I think it's something you can lose. Uh, so I think, you know, anyone you meet on the street, you should probably, you know, try to understand, walk in their shoes a little bit. But if that, if you meet that person on the street and they punch you in the nose, you know, you might say, well, (laughs) okay, maybe I don't quite have as much, you know, respect for this guy. Or they call you, you know, uh, they call you the, a hard R or whatever, you know. You, maybe maybe <laughs> then you can say, uh, all right, well, maybe I need to, like, um, write this guy off or something. But yeah, uh, I, don't think Rush, I don't think Rush needs our – I don't think he wanted our empathy or our pity, and I don't think he deserves it. And, you oh, know, I the, think world, he- the world is better that he's gone. So I think he wanted it for sure. Um, Anybody that spends that much time on a microphone looking for approval, um, Mm -hmm. they're looking for approval from everybody. Trust me. I know. I did podcasts. I'm looking for for approval from people. So if you don't start sending me emails, people, I will be taking a dark turn. This podcast will be taking a hard right turn. Um, (laughs) We will be getting onto the next right wing grift that comes after QAnon, whatever that may be. Um, I have a s- sneaky suspicion it will be revolving around somebody like a Lauren Bogut or whatever her name is. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to be a flash in the pan, but the Lauren other Bobert one... Lauren she's a, yeah, she's a Pornhub petite. She's uh, <laughs> yeah. Where does so Marjorie Taylor... Where does Marjorie Type petite t- into Pornhub and, and scroll like nine videos or ten videos down, and I bet you'll see. Yep. Exa- I think we already said this, but you'll see exactly who. I'm not sure whether we said Lauren Bovard in there. Yeah. But, but where, does, um, where does Marjorie Taylor Green fit on the Pornhub categories? Stepmom. 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 You know it's stepmom, right? We agree on that. Stepmom, or it's like uh, it's one of those. Uh, it's definitely one of those fake Gonzo type things that yeah. like fucking naughty America's running. One of those. Gambits. Yep. Now, is there any real Gonzo stuff actually going on? That's as somebody who tends to watch that stuff. I think that's as fake as as like your your big oh, yeah, hair, no, big is. boob stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think you don't think that uh <laughs> you don't think there's a real like I ran into my stepsister in the <laughs> <Yeah>. hotel. <Yeah. laughs> Fucking gross. Uh, <laughs> Well, a great way to start the show. <laughs> Very good. Um, so the whole country, except for where I am, Tony, is totally covered in snow. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. So are you saying Cancun's covered in snow, or is that not part of America? Because I know Ted Cruz uh, well, is going on of, his 50-state tour. and It's not uh, part of the United States. Oh, but uh, uh, as it turns out, we are in the one part. We managed to get to the one part of the nation that is not currently... Uh, snow covered. I think Florida is also probably avoiding it at this point, but, um, and I think it's bullshit. Uh, obviously I, you know, I, I'm, I feel bad for the folks who are suffering and, and dealing with all this stuff. I know we have some listeners in Texas who have been, um, certainly been affected by the power outages and, and, uh, the, the snowfall. So 
Uh, hopefully you guys are doing good or as good as you can. You know, uh, my advice from Chicago, get that food out of the fridge, stuff it in the snow, stuff it in a cooler, stick that in the snow. It'll be fine. Um, that's, that's the pro tip for, for, uh, for those of us who have survived more than a few, uh, power outages in the snow. Okay. So you're a bit of an expert dealing with this snow stuff. Now, let's say you were a super right-wing grifter, even further right than, say, a Rush person. Let's say you're Alex Jones. and you... Milo. No, let's say you're Alex Jones because <laughs> let's say that this hypothetical really isn't a hypothetical. Sure. And, and one of your main income streams is selling survival food. Surely oh, yeah. that would be the first thing you pump when Texas mm-hmm. plunges into this, this power outage uh, hell freezing over, over type of situation, but Alex brand being Alex's brand being true to who Alex Jones is. What do you think the first thing he reached for? What was the first thing he sort of stated? Uh, it wasn't about selling survival food. What caused the hmm. power outage? Um, well, I'm sure. Was he on? You know. This is the Green New Deal shit that made this happen, or was he was he farther? Not was he like aliens? Or, uh, <laughs> he wasn't as like far that. as aliens, but it was the New World Order causing this. Oh, he yeah. didn't just. He used a little bit of Green New, New Deal. It was it was the wind turbines freezing up. Of course, that that point two percent of energy that so Texas the, gets from. Are they saying renewable? Saying like weather machine, like weather machine, did this? Somebody, somebody, uh, somebody hit up the weather machine, or are we saying that? Um, once when when the opportunity arose that the people in in the the dark forces in power um which i I guess i don't disagree that there's dark forces in power but (laughs) the the ones that he thinks are the wrong ones but uh that those guys were just like aha let us teach texas a lesson you know well his thing was that texas were the first and so far only state that have implemented the green new deal so you were right about that but it was also Hillary Clinton and and uh-huh. her ilk, um, mainly Bill Gates, George Soros, and Jeff Bezos, those three uh-huh. individuals, that um, they didn't allow Texas to implement the things that they needed to do in their Texas grid um, to sort of make sure it ran correctly. That was his uh-huh. his thinking that it was definitely Hillary Clinton, it was definitely Bill Gates, and to some extent the other two. I don't know why he didn't push George Soros as hard in this. Um, I imagine it would have been really easy with some of the, the narrative he's pushed around that individual. Um, yeah. But I just find it really weird that during the whole um, emergency broadcast he did, he didn't once push his emergency food buckets. Wouldn't that yeah, have been a prime like opportunity this, to do that? Yeah, the, or at least like the Soylent guys would have gotten out there, you know, the Soylent stuff. That stuff's nasty. Um, oh, for sure. It's like really bad. But uh, although sometimes the idea of just having like a nutrition bag sort of sounds interesting to me. But And one, um, of, the, one of his key points is why the whole Texas state is down was to keep him off the air. So oh, yeah. plunging the whole state of Texas into darkness and and having people freeze to death essentially was a ploy to keep Alex Jones yeah. off the air. Yeah, everything is a ploy to do something to these people, and that's the amazing part, right? COVID was the was some sort of uh, – was cooked up in a lab to get Donald Trump out of office. You're way too broad um, here. You're thinking way too big. You want to see Alex conduct 
a Skype interview or any sort of VoIP thing that involves technology. And you know how shitty internet te- yeah, technology oh, is. Terrible, yeah. Um, you want to see his lose his shit when he can't get a Skype call to go through. It is the New World Order. This is a leftist mm-hmm. plot. The FBI are tapping his internet. That's why his speeds are so low. They're not just <laughs> normal tech issues. They're trying to keep this person off the air. They're trying to silence them. Every time something goes wrong in our podcast, I think I should. We should, it's. I'm. I'm going to blame it on pedophiles on the uh, Little Saint James Island satellites. So okay. anytime that I interrupt you, uh, anytime that uh, I forget what I was talking about, anytime <laughs> that I just flat out uh, forget where on earth I am, and I'm just like, oh, what are we doing again? Uh, that's that's the pedos. They're getting yeah. in my head. They're they're uh, they're the the vaccine has infiltrated my brain. They've been fun. the chemtrails air has been uh, you know has gone up my nose and into my mind and now I can't think straight for five minutes even though I just can't think straight for five minutes so that's just true I can't put five minutes of coherent thinking or talking together which is great because we we do a ninety minute podcast every week perfect but just, uh, it's actually the pedo's fault it's Epstein's <laughs> fault it's all those guys so. why hasn't chemtrail played a bigger part in this whole COVID hoax um, propaganda. I've said every time I see an airplane fly low, and there's been hel- there's helicopters here all the damn time because of the tour. There's those fucking the Grand Canyon helicopters and the uh, and Nellis is over here, the Air Force Base. And yep. So there's helicopters over here, and every time like that came from Little St. James, it's bringing the uh, <laughs> antidote. It's 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 dropping the antidote on us. We are we are cured now. We can go to the casino. Can we go to the El Cortez now? Um, I don't think but, that's uh, ever it does safe. Seem to be working, regardless no, of COVID on. or not. I love me some. At least Cortez. most of the stuff you can get at the El Cortez is treatable. COVID <laughs> isn't, but I, all, the, all the other stuff I can take fucking amoxicillin and I'll be fine. <laughs> that's true. Uh, it's, it's mostly pink eye. It's mostly pink eye from me, and only a couple people will know this, and I doubt either of them are listening. From me picking up the roulette ball marker from the floor <laughs> and carrying it around for a full day. Um, with uh, with our friend E double A, that was a, a classic moment. That was <laughs> um, cool. So here's the thing that's bugging me about the snow, Tony. After we took that long detour, it's fucking delaying my beer shipments. And I know people are suffering, but we're all suffering out here too because I can't get my motherfucking hazy IPA and my sugar stout. So I'm dying out here. My beer is stuck in Charlotte. They're not going to drive it across the state of Texas right now. I, I guess I understand. But uh, come on, stick it on a fucking plane and fly it out here for God's sake. Yeah, there's got to be um, excess planes. Like, I know America hasn't shut down and people are still traveling from from DC to Cancun and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yep, that for example. Yeah, but there, there's surely got to be an excess of commuter planes that you can just turn into essentially glorified um, cargo planes. There's not that much difference. Just stick to small packages, yep. strap oh, and, them in like you would in a car. They've done that stuff, which is crazy. Um, no, the uh, I was actually joking. I have a buddy who's supposed to get his second dose of the, uh, I don't know, one of the vaccines, Moderna, maybe, and um, he uh, he got pushed back because they don't the doses aren't going to arrive because they're, <laughs> because of the weather. Yep. So he's he got pushed back a week, and I was like, shit, they're using the same service to deliver my fucking pastry stout as they are to deliver your vaccine. That sucks. 
Yeah, uh, you so you would expect that the amount of postage you're paying, you would expect a higher standard than than emergency medical supplies. Am I right? Because that shit ain't cheap. That that Tavor crate, or um, I'm not sure um, which. Actually, actual- the Tavor the Tavor crate is cheap. I think they ship it flat rate, fifteen bucks, no matter what. But. <laughs> um, the, the burial varies. Sometimes you get free shipping. Sometimes you're eating a $20, $22 shipping cost. So to me, it's all gravy. Send me that send me that IPA. This week I'm getting, and I just ordered more without getting my last week, that they have a single, a double, they have a West Coast, a double, and a triple hazy um, this week. So all that's coming my way. And some stout with like fucking pecans, like a praline stout or something. Oh, so good. that does sound yeah. good. That's, I'm into that. Now, all right. So, my, how, my, what's up? How do we? You said a single, double, and a triple IPA. Yeah, yeah. What do those even That's fucking right. mean these days? And it's it's not a rant against anything, but I from one brewery the other day, I had a single hop, a double IPA. They just called it a double and a triple IPA. Yeah. Okay, I'm thinking that the double would be. Not quite double the alcohol content of uh, this mm-hmm. their s- normal single IPA, not yeah. not their single hop. Sorry, I misspoke, but I di- they did have a single out there, um, or just an IPA, and it was it was it went from sort of six percent up to eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm sorry, their triple was nine percent. Their double mm-hmm. was fourteen percent. That doesn't make any sense. Burials make sense. Burial goes like six to seven for a single, yep. eight and a half to, it's usually eight to eight and a half for double. And the triples are at least nine and a half. And usually they're 10 to 10 and a half. And that checks out to me, right? It should be triple the malt bill, triple the hops. That's yep. triple to me, right? Yeah, it is. I don't really care when you add them. It's just more, you know? <laughs> um and the reason you do that is because if you triple the malt, you're going to get more alcohol and you're going to need yep. more hops to balance it out because it's going to be sweet. So, you know, all that stuff reads to me if it does that. But I think there's also just a problem where people just name this shit because um, yeah. they're like, oh, well, it came out about this. So I guess it's a triple, you know, I mean, whatever. And, and maybe their triple um, came before their double and then they had nowhere to go. I'm, I'm not sure their reasoning for it. I have no idea, but it just made no sense to me that the triple Doesn't was check out. Le- less alcoholic than their double. It just from the same brewery. Like I can understand there's no industry standard. When we're at the shelves, you you look at one brewery and they'll name something one thing and then it, something that tastes very similar will be named something completely different. That's fine. Everybody's got their own interpretation of style. When it becomes infuriating for me as a consumer is when it's just from one brewery and their naming conventions are as fucked as that. It really does my head in because, um, yeah, you're just e- expecting one thing and then you actually read the labels and it's like, yeah, you don't know what you're getting. Oh, I'll yeah. start the night with, with the triple. That That's a big beer, which it, it was a reasonably sized beer. And I'll, I'll end with the double, just wind things back. Two beers will do right. me. And then you find out the double is, I missed. I exaggerated when I said 14%, but it was 11 and a half, which is big even for a triple over yeah, here. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot for a triple of, or any of anything really. Yep. Um, yeah, Tony. So hopefully my beer gets here soon uh, to entertain myself. Fortunately, all of our friends and our listeners have been posting in our discord channel. If you guys want to get in our discord channel server, whatever you're supposed to call it. Uh, it's actually a server. Send us a note. Get on. Uh, get on. Uh, get us on Instagram. DM us. Send us an email, and we will get you in the Discord. 
Uh, Tony had some fun stuff this week. Uh, some of the highlights to me, Corey posting about the tiny eight inch weatherman um, because the snow piles in St. Louis were drawn out of scale. Um, so take a look at that. Our friend Max Allotment was going and drinking scotch ale. He was. Uh, that a nice delicious. afternoon in New Jersey. That looked delicious. I got I got sort of salty about somebody some brewery saying they're making cold IPA. Like what the hell is a cold IPA? And if you read it, it's just it's just IPL. Um, <laughs> oh no, they're stupid. not. Just that is. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an India Pale Lager, which I'm mixed on anyways. But I've had some good versions of it. Um, and then they instead of that, they called it cold IPA because you know the t- the three letters IPA will sell better than. IPL. Yeah, unless um, you're in India, an IPL is is the name of their cricket league, kind of like oh, yeah. um, EPL. Um, IPL is India Pre- Premier League, which is not for soccer but for cricket. That's how cricket mad the Indians are. Look at that. Um, what else do we have? We had Corey. Corey was drinking the Girl Scout cookie, you know, for – well, I don't think they call them that for lack of uh, copyright, but – um, he was drinking the Girl Scout cookie uh, beers from from Four Hands, which looked delicious. The caramel coconut, the Samoa one, um, I was big on. That one sounds very good. Co- <laughs> the coffee cookie crunch sounds good too, but I was into both of those. Now, I'm sure I would be into these. Any cookie-style um, beer I would be into. But mm-hmm. I've never had a Girl Scout cookie. Are they good or is a, is a store-bought okay. cookie just as good or – like I'm not expecting them to be yeah. as good as homemade, no, it, but it's a pretty good store bought cookie. I mean, that's essentially what it is. It's it's a store bought cookie that you buy from from your, like your coworker because they have their girl, little girl selling them, and they're a little overpriced, but they're they're all right. Um, I like the Samoas. I like the Tagalongs. That said, there's a version of Tagalongs at Aldi, at least up here. I don't know about your Aldi, but there's a there's a peanut butter cookie you know that's covered in chocolate like a Tagalong. That is better from Aldi. It's it's better at Aldi. Do you know the name of that sucker? Then I can Google it. But because I've, I've never had up, a peanut if, tag along, so yeah. I don't know what a peanut tag along is. It's just a it's a it's a cookie. I don't know a biscuit um, with a layer of, of like sweetened peanut butter on top of it, and then the whole thing is enrobed in in chocolate shell. Oh, that sounds delicious. It's good. It's good. That's my favorite one. I like the Samoas too. It's like a coconut. Fudge stripe thing, yeah. Yep. Pretty good. Um, so they so would be your good. top two Girl, Girl Scout cookies if you had to rank them? Yeah, those are my two favorites. And then I like the I like the lemon shortbreads because I'm fucking stupid. I don't know. Nobody else likes them, but I like them because they sort of taste like a tea biscuit. And then um, I like dosi doughs too. dosi doughs are like a peanut butter sandwich cookie with vanilla cookies. Pretty good. Excellent. They're fine. I, I wouldn't go nuts looking for Girl Scout cookies. You can find you can find fine cookies elsewhere if you just want some store bought little little fancy cookies, you know. But they're not terrible, is what you're saying? Because because my no, view on them was, was I I really didn't know where they sat because like twenty years ago they were all over over TV and they were sort of a, a cult thing. But as things become more available, and I think they're available in stores, I don't think Girl mm-hmm. Scout cookies are even a even a thing other than a branding exercise for a beer company. There you go. Um, you know, yeah, you can you can get them from DoorDash here. It's pretty kind of funny, actually. Um, 
And also we had our friend Nick who has given us some solid gambling tips. So if you want gambling tips and, you know, Nick gave us a good one that won me a little money, um, get on here, you know, get on the Discord, check it out. We also got an email, Tony. Uh, Tony, I'm going to pull that up and I can read it. It was an outstanding email. Um, Yeah, an important email. That I do want to respond to. Yep, Uh, and this was from uh, our friend Nut. Uh, He says, hey, guys, Nut here, huge fan of the show. Just wanted to get your guys' take on the rumor that Ted Cruz pisses his pants on purpose because he likes the warm feeling. Do you think this is true? Sent from my iPhone. So, Tony, what do you think? (laughs) Um, I think you're partially right that he enjoys it. But I don't think he enjoys it from the warm feeling because that shit chills in minutes. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah. You, you Depends gonna, on where you are, though, right? Even in Cancun, I think it would it would chill right. fairly fast. But do I think he gets sexual gratification from it? Absolutely. Ted Cruz, big into the pee fetish. Um, and he doesn't really care who it's from, it's big, male big or female yeah. staffer. He, he's into it. Um, right. Ted and, Cruz, piss boy. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Anybody with that trimmed beard, I think you really have to be wary of. I'm a beard wearer myself. It doesn't have to be completely unkept, but when you trim it as tightly as Ted Cruz does in such an odd fashion, you really have to worry about that guy. He's either involved with little St. James Island or he's into pee fetishes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking that with the lack of power that Ted Cruz actually has, I think he's more into the pee fetish thing rather than a um, pedophile. Okay, I I, they, I tend to believe he's into pee. That that doesn't shock me. I don't think I think most of these these Senate guys are into into something pee or, or shit or whatever. Um, do you think? Uh, now, I, I do want to credit this because um, I'm stealing this from famous internet person uh, Twitter account at Bronzehammer. But um, do you think that? Uh, do you think that Ted Cruz has a face made of scrambled eggs? Because that's what I always think of every time I see his face. I hadn't put two and two together there, but it depends. Do you like a – if you're going to go for the really small curd, like Wolfgang Puck scrambled no, sure, eggs. No, sure, like the Jacques, the Jacques Pepin scrambled eggs, which I actually yeah. made recently, yeah. Um, if you're going for that style of scrambled egg, absolutely. But if you like a bigger, bigger curd – um, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think of Ted Cruz, but that really fine, um, which is, I'm not wrapped in scrambled egg. Um, yes, I think Ted Cruz has a bit of that about him. If you yeah. sort of mash that image with a koala bear, okay, I think you've got Ted Cruz right there. There you go. Ted Cruz, um, scrambled egg face, koala pee-pee man. So there you go. Yep, that's uh, that's the definitive answer uh, to your question, Nut. So, congrats on that. He loves the pee. Um, Tony, I got we we got to bring back my classic segment from the last four weeks, which is called uh, Griff's Logger of the Week, which does not have a drop, of course, but that's okay. I didn't uh, know this was going to be a long term thing. I thought I'm just going to keep doing it because uh, I like drinking lager, and I keep drinking the same one, so I want to I want to keep talking <laughs> about them. <laughs> Um, this one I definitely have already talked about, but I'm going to talk about it again anyways. 
which is the uh, cool ship lager from uh, OEC. It's so fucking good, Tony. I keep buying it. I have this is my like third four pack of it. Um, it's the greatest. It's my. It's probably my favorite lager I've had in in months. And I love dovetail lager, but this shit is like hard to beat. Um, we we got to find. If you're in Vegas, if you're in Connecticut, if wherever you are that they have this, uh, you got to get your hands on this stuff because it is so fire. So. Griff's Lager of the Week is a second-time winner, the OEC Cool Ship Lager, because it <laughs> fucking rocks. Congrats, guys. Did it taste exactly the same this time around compared to the last time you had it? Like, yes. I'm, I, yeah. I wasn't expecting minute changes because even Budweiser changes from, like, slightly more watery to less watery, batch to batch. But something that's done in a Cool Ship, I would expect dramatic changes batch to batch. And, uh, you know, I don't know why, but it's, um, it doesn't get like, a. there's no funk to it. It's just, it's just like this really, really Keller beer type flavor. I don't know, like very yeasty bread flavor. Um, boy, is that good, huh? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how they're doing it. I couldn't, I, I couldn't explain ex- uh, specifically how they're doing it, but I don't know what to tell you. It's straight fire. Um, doesn't get any better than that. Uh, so Griff, uh, Griff, I'm Griff. <laughs> Griff was drinking OEC. We learned that. Uh, Tony, what were you drinking this week? Anything, any favorites? It's been a uh, rough patch because my local bottle shop manager mm. was on annual leave. And while he's back in town, um, we, we've been going through a beer drought. So I've gone back to an old, old favorite, something that is in constant production and rotation not hard to get in australia it's not something that you'll find in every pub by any means it's by dayton's brewery uh it's their jungle juice it's their hazy ipa mm. it's just a good solid canned ipa this is not gonna blow your socks off but you know what you're going to get every time the quality controls there it's delicious it is a true hazy um you really do need to drink it within um Three weeks of, of canned, weeks, yeah. on, canned on date. Um, that is important with any type of hazy. This, this stuff is fresh. Uh, it's absolutely delicious. Uh, and for the price I paid, just just really good 6.5% hazy. Have nice. I had anything spectacular? No. Um, if my local bottle shop doesn't lift its act, I will be ordering from Deeds again because they've got some mm. good shit going on there. I will say, however, I made a mistake as a consumer because we have been going through a beer drought. I did miss that one new pickup, and I'm disappointed because no, no. Sailor's Grave, who I'm a big fan of their work, especially in their sours or even their their Vienna lager. I'll call it a Vienna lager. They yeah, don't yeah. call it that. They call it a dark lager. Um, sure. Dark Emu. Um, really good book. Also a really good beer. They had a hazy out, and I missed that yesterday, so I'm really disappointed. When I go for my walk this afternoon, I'm hoping to pick up some of that. And All right. if I do, I think that'll be my highlight for the past fortnight. So, All right. What about well, yourself? What are your highlights or highlight from your more expansive um beer experience? Because you've been out, the, you've been to bottle shops, you've, you've yeah, really... Dude. Really been yeah, um, had a, a dearth of beers that you could have tried. 
Yep, so I'm drinking a great beer right now, by the way. Uh, I'm not drinking IPA for once during the show. So if the show sounds worse, it's because I'm not drinking hazy or any IPA. I'm drinking um, a mixed culture saison from Holy Mountain in Seattle called Demon Teller, and it fucking rocks. It's funky. It's a little teeny bit tart and nice. Uh, got the galaxy and the mosaic in there, so you got a nice little um, little citrus bite in the back. Uh, so this is really good. But, Tony, the highlight of this week, our old friend has made his triumphant return. This was a, uh, a week uh, that I'd like to dedicate to our friend, uh, the Pastry Bot. Oh, so you want me to play yeah. the drop? I want you to play the Pastry Bot drop because he's here. He is, as you here, know. But yeah. because he hasn't been lubricated over the past month or so, he takes a little bit to get going. But All right, let's fire there. him up. Oh, there he is. What do you lubricate Pastry Bot with? What do you think? Of course, only thing that really works is a coconut oil. You rub him with coconut oil. It's pastry bot. You know, I actually, uh, it's funny. I actually spray coconut oil for my, uh, for my, uh, man bun is how you like kind of keep the hair from like tangling up. I have to, I, it, it's really long now. I have to like push the coconut oil through it. So I'm coconut all over, dude. You know, I'm sweating coconut. I'm putting it in my hair. I'm drinking it. It's wild. Uh, can't get any better than this. Uh, pastry bot was on, on full blast this week. So we, we were, we have fed him all kinds of new, uh, sort of recipes. He's been going in untapped, spinning the algorithms around. And he told me specifically to go and find these three beers that I had to go chase down. Cause I am pastry bots slave, I guess. I don't know, but, uh, he sent me to go find these three beers and I, and I want to talk about them so that we can get on a, get on a little pastry run here. The first one I want to talk about is from a local brewer called uh, Juxta Nomad. And this is a brewery without a brewery. It's a it's a brewer without a brewery, as it were. Um, and this was a uh, beer called Grandma's Candy Tray. Now, I learned yesterday, I, I went out with a, with a, um, with a friend here for a, a, a socially distanced outdoor two-person hang uh, to a couple of breweries here in the Arts District. And we found this beer. And he sort of is a uh, scholar in the Las Vegas beer scene. He's been in it for a decade or so, you know, about as long as I've been into beer. And uh, he told me that this feller was the brewer at a brewery called Joseph James, which was a well-known brewery in, in the Vegas area. It made a lot of delicious beer. They closed. This guy became a free agent and did not want to go take a different brewery job or brew anyone else's recipe or whatever. So he's been doing the gypsy thing. And he brewed this one called Grandma's Candy Tray, 14.8%, Tony. Uh, this was a brutal imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with caramel added. And it only, and I'll tell you this, that's only one ingredient. This shit tasted like a straight up Werther's candy. <laughs> uh, it was wild. It did not have a much bourbon taste at all. If, it, if the bourbon brought anything, it was like enough of the dark um, caramel finish, I guess that let that sort of extended the Werther's flavor more than anything. But this was sugar on sugar. I mean, literally like eating a hard hard caramel candy. Totally wild. Now I, I'm going to let my 80 year old flag fly right here. I love a Werther's original. Oh yeah, and me too. 
So I, w- I was into this. Now, when you said grandma's candy tray, candy in Australia can be both um, same as in America, hard and soft. And I was, of course, thinking the mixed box of chocolates rather than a Werther's original. And a Werther's original sounds delightful. That beer sounds awesome. The only way it could get yeah, better it's excellent. is with a touch of salt. I, I really think that would have been killer without tasting this beer. Uh, yeah, that might actually might have been a good idea. Yeah, I, um, I, I, the first sip I had, I was like, damn, this is sweet. And then the second sip, I was like, oh, it's easy to drink though for 15% <laughs> and full of caramel. This is good. Yeah. But the, what I was actually thinking of was the soft-scented candies. You know, your peppermint mm-hmm. creams, yeah. your strawberry creams. Sure. Um, we have a, a block of chocolate in Australia here that only people that are 80 years and older actually buy. It's called Snack. And all it is is the terrible fruit centres that you get in a mixed candy tray. Just god-awful. And I was expecting a beer to be full of those sickly sweet fruit flavours. And for you to say that it's a, a caramel bomb is a real relief and something that I would jump on board with. I'm right there with you. Um, yeah, love a Werther's, a drinkable Werther's sounds delicious. An alcohol drinkable Werther's, yes. All right. Yeah, so shout out to those guys. And Juxta also had a um, had a lager on at this particular, particular uh, stop. And uh, it was a great lager, a, a Mexican-style lager called uh, Nueva Esperanza. And it was really good as well. Um, not too corny, which was sort of what I like when you get the mix. I don't like the Mexican lagers that are too too corn laden. It just gets the cream corn taste, which I don't love. Well, when, um, I, when I was thinking of Mexican lager, I wasn't actually thinking of sort of that corn bill. I was thinking sort of it is more in that thinner uh, Viennese style lager. Yeah, at least this is demand. more like that. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the Mexican ones at home have been heavy with the corn component which uh i'm not i'm not nuts about but uh okay pastry bot's poking at me he says shut up about lager this is my time uh yeah i know i hear you dude all right this one's this one's more of a mix-up tony this one came from the pastry masters over at omnipoyo maestros i think that's where pastry bot spent his youth was at omnipoyo uh, yeah, he interned there, I think, actually, doing some recipe development for them. Um, and they stole all his shit. It's wild. Um, including his artwork. Just kidding. Actually, their artwork is dope. Um, so this one's called a... This is called Bianca Double Peanut Butter Jelly Lossy Gosa. Now, a lossy is uh, famously, a, I believe, like a yogurt drink. Yeah, uh, typically I, made with mango, actually. Mango, but, yes. um, mango and cardamom. Uh, sure. Yep. It's delicious. Um, this one does not have any mango nor cardamom, uh, oddly enough. <laughs> this is a peanut butter and jelly gosa brewed with rock salt, lactose, peanut butter, strawberry, and raspberry jam. So that's uh, your combo. Rock salt, lactose, peanut butter, strawberry jam, raspberry jam at a 7% fruited gosa. Classic <laughs> amount of alcohol. Yeah, for uh, this Goza. one, for this one came Goza. in a bright pink can um, with some stunning, some of the Bianca, typical Bianca artwork, which I think is like a feather, um, feather drawing. 
And uh, Tony, I got to say, 4.75 for me, this one was delicious. Wow. Um, I was yeah, not expecting it. that. I was expecting a, this to be a rough journey with pastry bot. No, it was it was yeah, surprisingly easy to drink. No heartburn quality to it. Uh, cut nice with the. You could taste the peanut butter. You could taste the raspberry. Um, more the raspberry than the strawberry, which I was fine with. I'm not a big strawberry guy um, in the beer, anyways. I yeah. like eating strawberries, but. Um, it was a winner, Tony. I couldn't complain. Did share it with uh, with with Kelly, and we had another guy. Um, it was actually the same guy as Frank, who was who was there with us. That uh, was uh, took took up a, um, a few ounces of it as well off our hands. So that was about the right amount to drink five ounces or so. Very sweet, a little tart. Tastes like peanut butter. You know, I love peanut butter. No complaints yep. there. So that was a winner for me. So Pastrybot got. Two for two there, so that's good. Would you drink this, Tony? Is this something you're looking for, or are you you sort of is this too far out the stylistic um, bounds for you to you to agree with? I'm sort of had an enlightenment over doing this show. What the fuck are stylistic guides? You can call it a gozer, but a gozer is a what. What I'm trying to say is we're starting. You don't think you'd go to Leipzig and and they would they would be enjoying this potentially? Yeah. Although fuck Leipzig, they were if they would have scored yesterday. By the way, I would have won a eight way fucking or a four game both teams to score parlay that would have paid nice. But uh, I went seven for eight on that. Fuckers. <laughs> I'll put peanut butter in whatever ghost I want. You dickheads. What I'm essentially saying is, beer is just telling distilling itself down into four or five names for every beer. Anything right, that's yeah. sour and salty is now a goza. Everything that is flavorful is now an IPA, even if it uses lager yeast. And everything okay, else sure. is, yep, is a craft lager. There, there are three terms that we've got. But our actual flavors are getting wider. We're getting less names for more flavor, which, while it makes it confusing, means that we don't have to give a – Fuck about styles. This yeah, sounded, regardless of style, this sounded like a train wreck. And for you to say it's delicious means that absolutely I would try this. I love a mango lassie. I'm not sure whether this is even representative of of that drink, um, even though it's got it in the name. But it sounds like they did everything right. They actually managed to wrangle what seems like a over-the-top list of yeah. ingredients into a what company really- beer. Yeah, what they really needed to do was make sure it tasted like peanut butter and make sure it tasted like raspberry, and it did that. Because uh, I think if it would have tasted, if it would have been too clouded up with strawberry and with salt, um, you could have gone in the wrong direction. But it tasted like raspberry and it tasted like PB two, so I was sort of I was sort of fine with it, you know. Now, um, question to you: You've had a lot more beers with this ingredient, but have you ever had a bad PB two beer? Oh yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, and the the ones that aren't good either use way way too much, or they don't use any. They they barely use any because if you use way way too much, it tastes too dusty. I guess if that makes sense. It yep. It has a very like, it's like eating peanut butter concentrate. If that if if you guys could imagine that, um, and if you don't put enough in, then you know what the fuck's the point? You know, and then yeah. you just sort of get it's like barely peanut hint and you're hunting for it and you're just like, oh, I'm just drinking Porter who gives a shit, you know? <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, there's, there's ways to go on either direction. Um, 
what I don't always love is when you cloud up something good with peanut butter when you're when you take a, a stout with maybe some valuable ingredients and you mix in pb2 and it either just masks it or it goes the other way and what was the point you know you get this like no taste of it so i don't know i i do i do not i don't love when you say there's going to be a flavor of something and it's not in it and i think that can happen a lot with pb2 Yep, and that, or you that, go totally ham, and you end up with sand, pretty much. <laughs> and that's my complaint around all strawberry beers, and it's not a fault of the brewer; it's just a fault of the ingredients. You don't get any strawberry out of strawberry. Mm-hmm. They they don't taste you need like, like strawberry. strawberry extract or something to get anything. Yeah, like we need the PB two version of strawberry. Strawberry, yeah. which is I think Kool Aid, maybe <laughs> or that or that strawberry milk powder, the fucking shit they would have for Nestle Quick. Yep. By the um, way, we have a great strawberry milk in Australia, the Big M strawberry milk. Oh, that is Oh yeah. one of the top flavours. Along with the limited right. edition um, flavour that used to be a staple at all milk bars, milk bars, not sure whether you're familiar with them in America, but they used to be like a corner store in Australia where you could oh, okay. pick I up a know, milkshake. I know, I know milk lollies. bar, the place by just Christina Tosi milk yeah. bar, which is fucking dope, but it's a place where you can get a milkshake for $11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we used to be able to get milkshakes and um, lollies and groceries and bread and it quite, kind of like a bodega but not that grocery-focused. And rather than sandwiches, their thing was like like milkshakes and st- stuff like that. And in Australia, we had this flavour, and I'm, I'm still not sure what flavour it was trying to represent, and it was just called Blue Heaven, and the milkshake oh was blue in colour. Absolutely delicious. Big M, do an occasional limited edition version. Absolutely delicious. Chase it up when you can if you're in Australia. Yeah, shouldn't be any day now. Yeah, no problem. Um, <laughs> all right, last one from PastryBot. This one I, I'm interested to get your take on. This this was mi- a mixed reaction to this here in the household, including from myself. So um, this one's called Salvation for None. It's from our friends at Burial. We know they're cranking out quality. This was a stout, uh, 14% with, uh, in, uh, this one had peanut butter is back. Thai banana, Tahitian vanilla bean and marshmallow. Uh, and their description of it says it, uh, is a vanilla cream topped peanut butter frappuccino served cold with caramel sauced mocha banana bread and a fat square of marshmallow fudge. So you had uh, me before the description. Just listing the ingredients sounded delicious, but with that description, sounds fucking disgusting. Give me those ingredients. Don't give me that description. Yeah. It didn't taste like the thing they said at the end. Um, Tony, you got to like banana if you like this one. This one had pretty strong banana flavor, um, I got to say. And I don't mind that. Uh the other person in the house here was not super crazy about it. Has a little bit of an aversion to the. Uh, I think she. I think. I think it's easy for her to associate banana flavored things with the banana runt, which is very unpopular with her. <laughs> um, and I don't mind them too much. I don't. You know, I'm not eating them, but I. Uh, whatever. Um, I didn't love this though. I'll say that it was not my favorite burial thing. Um, maybe they should have put a little coconut in it. Might have helped. Um, but it sounds like uh, they had the base of a good beer. They they just didn't execute a hundred percent. It ran. They- it ran in. It ran a little like uncertain. 
I don't yeah. know. It's just like unsure what you're supposed to taste. You got a lot of banana and you're like, oh, is there peanut butter? I can't tell. It's like, oh, it's marshmallow. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it just seems to me that they had these ingredients. I thought this will make a tasty beer. They got something slightly ajar in, in their recipe. And then they tried to come up with a description that would mask the fact that their beer wasn't as strong as it, it perhaps normally would be coming from them. And maybe it, maybe we're just the wrong people for it, but that description, as I said at the time, sounded like an absolute disaster, but the ingredient list sounded really sound and a beer I would enjoy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I was down with it. I would buy it again, but at the same time, I, uh, I wasn't totally, um, wasn't super in love with it once I had it. But to be honest, if you put it in front of me right now, I'd probably drink the damn thing again, so. Couldn't stop me. I love the. I just love the burial based stout so much that you can kind of mix some stuff in there, right or wrong, and it's still relatively enjoyable to drink. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've had one that I've been really disgusted by, really. So, um, all right, uh, yeah. Before we move off pastry, but can I get you to get him to do a search on Untapped for us? Oh sure, the pastry pastry bot. We need you to. Fire something up here. He seems okay with it. Yeah. Let's do a search for Blue Heaven beers because I want to see if an Australian brewer has actually done a Blue Heaven beer because it, I've done research on the Wikipedia page and Blue Heaven is blue in colour and it tastes like a mix of vanilla, absolutely, and raspberry, which kind of. But I'm just thinking um, they would go delightfully. My, my Blue Heaven by Moondog. Moondog is go. Australian, right? Yep. yep. It's a raspberry vanilla milkshake, New England IPA. Uh, 3.42. Australian uh, Raiders, though. You've got to remember Australian yeah, people rating uh, that. Thor Bjorn H gave it a one and a half stars. Um, did he have sorry, anything to say about it or did he just? He just, he just shit on it. Here's Trevor M. I'm a bit unsure. It's kind of a dessert beer. It's nice, but I wouldn't drink a whole pint. <laughs> Flavor is sweet lolly vanilla like milk bottles with a bit of tropical and subtle pine lime tape type flavor. Interesting color. He, I'll note that this feller might be from Australia. He spelled everything with a U. So, uh, <laughs> um, and it should be noted that um... odd color on this beer. I gotta say. Uh, <laughs> What yeah. color is no, it? Blue? No, it's sort of just like a it's it it's a very dry looking hazy IPA. How okay. about that? If that makes sense. Yep. Um, it doesn't look like hazy. It looks like a it looks like a saison. Moondog don't knock it out of the park with everything, and their experimental stuff can be experimental. The fact that it's not in production um, could be a red flag, or it could be like their dream cake. Um, beer. Boy, a lot of these are bad. Blue Heaven Milkshake from Odyssey Craft. <laughs> Memories of the Blue Heaven Milkshake got the Odyssey crew experimenting with English and American yeast, raspberry vanilla, and a little food coloring to bring you this party in your mouth. 3.19. Uh, not good on but that But people one. are complaining uh, that they, they're not sure if this is a dessert beer or not. Quite obviously it is. This is a pastry beer, even if it's not high in alcohol. This is... This is a sweet, yeah, pastry, thick boy. Pastry bot is saying that, uh, yeah, he's he's having a hard time finding a good variant of this, a good version of this. So um, he's he's gonna he's gonna have to 
he's going to put this one on hold until he can find a better uh, a, a better edition of this before he can put these ingredients near the top of the list. Um, okay. There's a monkish one called Blue Heaven on Earth, but it, I think that's just the name. There's no raspberry in here. It's a double dry hopped IPA with Galaxy, Nelson, Sovin, and Motuika, and it sounds delicious, and it's getting a 4.39. Um, <laughs> that doesn't that, count. But it has nothing to do with the thing you want. So, um, All right. Thanks, PastryBot. We appreciate you. Uh, thank you for all of your pastry insights and for bringing us such uh, delicious things. I'm sure you'll be back this week because I know I'll be drinking more pastry stats. So uh, thanks to that guy. Um, we have another segment, Tony. We have, we have all segments today. We got nothing but segments. I have at least one, maybe two highlights uh, for us from the world of the industry of beer. Uh, this is hyper beer news. There you go. Did you want One. me to play it again, seeing you talked over it? Let's play it again for a third time. Every, every time I say something, I would do it. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, and then I think we should do... I think we should do... Uh, I think with Vegas news, with Phobes, Tony, you should have played a Vegas news like beat every time he finished a news piece. <laughs> Yes. Like, oh, the the Bellagio got a new coffee shop. And it's like, Vegas news. You know, you do something like that. It'd be kind of cool. But instead, the appropriate sound effect would have been this. (laughs) I loved Vegas news. I got to be honest. I (laughs) enjoyed it. That was back when I enjoyed going to Vegas to do shit. Um, Now I just come to Vegas to hang out with uh, my friends and their children. And um, if I can sit at the same bar at the Silverton for four hours at a time. <laughs> um, pretty good. Not bad. Um, so this is Vegas news too. Holy shit, Tony. It's Vegas news. Play the Vegas news drop. <laughs> Vegas news. Um, this is uh, from Las Vegas, the world of beer in Las Vegas. Um, Brewdog, those guys, uh, what, well, you know, like them, hate them. I don't really have much of an opinion on them. Some people fucking hate them because they're sellouts or something. I don't know. Are they sellouts compared to all the other fucking sellouts? Not really. Um, They seem like perfectly normal fucking capitalist guys, whatever. We deal with a million of those every day. But these guys make beer, and some of it's actually pretty good. So uh, they're doing a rooftop brewery in Vegas, Tony. Um, There's going to be a brew dog brewery, rooftop pool, and beer museum. This, uh, I was trying to figure out where this was. Um, it's not in a casino or a hotel or anything. This is on top of the building, like the little collection of buildings that has the uh, fucking M&M world in it. Oh. I think. Near the um, MGM there. Yeah, not far from there. It's definitely south on, on the Strip. Um and uh, whatever. I mean, it's funny because you see the rendering here, and maybe I'll post this or maybe not. I'll never fucking remember to post this. There's no way in hell. Um, that you can see the logo for Burlington Coat Factory. So you know they're playing with playing with the high the high class shops here. Now I I also learned, and you can see it in the picture. So I don't think I'm saying any news, any and giving any away here. But I I I had heard. Um, this building will be full of other, lots of other chains. 
So, you know, based on the logo here, I can see that you could go get, um, say, some uh, Zupa Toscana from Olive Garden and then, you know, go upstairs for a punk IPA. Yep. So this this particular mall has all your mall favorites, got the Olive Garden, got the Burlington Co. Factory, got the fucking M&M World. You're living it up in this joint. Uh, but Brew Dogs, you have a place up here. Let me you know give what a couple of, um, of highlights from the article here. Uh, James Watt, the co-founder of the brewery, you might remember him from that really not very good TV show called Brew Dogs. Um, he says the rooftop bar will feature a swimming pool, an urban forest, and a beer museum, as well as a 10-barrel brewing system. So they'll be brewing on site. Watt says the bar will offer its new special edition Elvis Juice. Elvis Juice is a grapefruit IPA. Brewery already has U.S. locations in Pittsburgh, Indianapolis. I've been to the Indianapolis one. Cincinnati and Columbus. Um, and uh, he's got a picture of him here looking uh, south on the strip. Yet you can see not, I mean, it's not that close to the MGM, though. This is actually probably maybe half a block of the big blocks from New York, New York, yep. I guess. I guess, you know, not not far. Um and that's, yeah, that's what he said. Brilliant rooftop location in the heart of the strip. I don't know if that's the heart of the strip, but fine. Mm. But what um, is the heart of the strip these days? Caesars, maybe? I only go to Cosmopolitan, so I don't give a fucking shit anymore, I guess. But uh, but the thing I'd say uh, is the, th- the thing that stands out to me in its design, it looks like an alcoholic view of how they would design an Apple store. This is like an Apple store for, for beer... <laughs> Consumers, not purists or not yeah. beer nerds. This is, this is for beer people adjacent in Vegas. This is perfect theming, um, perfect modern design that means nothing. It's sort of sure. like a, a, yeah, a glass cube that that will yep. age terribly, but it's it's not designed to be aged. This thing will be up for three years and down, like that. This is Vegas, um, and that's that's how it goes. But. Yeah. Hey, that M&M world has been there for a while. I'll just point that out. But that, that's um, true. The uh, what I'll say about this is, um, I think you're exactly right. Brewdog is, um, Brewdog is 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 Mickler without a personality. I guess. Yes. Um, yep. It's and without. I mean, a lot of times they do have good beer. I I would not be surprised if you could go to this place, based on the ones I've been to in the states and the ones overseas, especially. And get fucking canty on. I'm not shitting you. I mean, they have high end Belgian beer at all of these places. So I would not be shocked if you could go there and buy a hundred dollar bottle of Rose de Gambrinus or something, you know? Um, which would be fine, whatever, you know? Cool. But uh, as somebody who's, so I've been to the, not, and this is fucking sounds like bragging, but this isn't a cool bar to go to, but been to the Brew Dogs. I, I've been to one in, Fucking Stockholm and Gothenburg and been to the one in Shoreditch in London, been to the one in Indianapolis. Boy, that's not a brag. Um, (laughs) And I've been to the one in Reykjavik. Actually, the one in Reykjavik was pretty convenient because it was very close to my hotel. It was open late and I was able to go there and eat some pretty good buffalo wings, actually, um, after we got home from a tour. But uh, they are all the same, Tony. It's like going to the McDonald's of beer. Um, Yeah. Except the beer is pretty good, you know what I mean. So it's I don't know what's what's a it's like going to the Chipotle of beer, you know. I guess yeah. is that is that a better comp? I, I think um, that is. Yeah, it's the same experience. This looks different, but the same. If that makes sense, I would guess you'll have the same feeling here you get in a lot of the other ones. 
Um, when I went to the Indy one, you could have told me I was in um, the Stockholm one if it wasn't full of fucking people from Indiana, which is which was a big <laughs> differentiator, I guess. But um, they they do have a very like curated, consistent experience for better or for worse. Um, yep. So I would say, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, this. I'll check it out. I'll be honest. I would check it out, Tony. I would go here. Well, and, and drink a decent beer because where else can you get that good of a beer on the strip anyways? You, you can't. But I, I have been doing a little bit of research and it is right near the MGM. The MGM just happens to be really fucking huge. Yeah, it's and, huge. And, yeah, that's a good point. And you, right. you were seeing the wing that's down towards Tropicana. This yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is um, closer to their other wings he- heading north. And it is right near the M- MGM world in Las Vegas. But do you know what is going to be directly opposite um, Brewdog's facility? It's, it's a place across I know. Across the street. Yeah, across the street. You love to shop. Not just heading across the small street. I'm not sure what it is. I think it's Park Ave or something like that. Just one of those okay. small nondescript streets. A place I love to shop. Um, oh, boy. Uh do I love shopping? What do I love to shop at? Is it Ross? Is, it's not, it's not like Park MGM. No. Oh, Ross Dress Royce. Yeah, I know where that is. <laughs> you know, dude, I'll tell you this. So we went to. Um, say I told you. When I when I was on the strip, I'll say this. So when I was on the strip a year ago, right, right before everything shut down, we, I was down here, and um, we went to Craft Steak. Me and me and our, me and Kelly and our friends went to Craft Steak, and uh, obviously great. But we were staying at the Cosmo. That is a fucking walk and a half. Um, I, I, you know, I hadn't really been on the strip or been anywhere besides parking in the Cosmopolitan lot and going and getting the food I wanted, <laughs> getting back in my car and leaving um, for years. Yep. So I'm like, oh yeah, let's walk down there. Dude, you're walking forever and by the and past the worst shit. And you're like, oh, there's Ross Dress for there's a Walgreens. There's another Walgreens. There's the CVS. Um, there's another Walgreens. There's the, there's the empty building that used to have Smith and Walensky in it or whatever. Um, <laughs> It's really shitty, um, and just a, and a target. There's a target down there now, for God's sake. So, really stupid. So I don't know. This trip, uh, hey, come down here and spend money. That's my tip, and uh, get get some people back. You know, make 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 some money, or lose some money. I don't care. Um, so yeah, brew dog on the strip. In the as much as I'm making fun of it, and I think it's in a terrible location. Guess whose ass is probably going to go check it out? Mine. Absolutely, so. because. Like there's a big disconnect from the rest of Las Vegas to the Strip. The Strip is its own self-contained city from a visitor's point of view. If you're staying on the Strip, what reason do you ever have to leave that? I know you're in Las Vegas now, but I wouldn't consider – you could probably count on one hand the amount of times you've been to the Strip since you've been in Las Vegas. Since I've been here – for living here? Yes. Yeah, I, I could count on no hands because I haven't been there. Um, I drove down at once to see how many people <laughs> were here. Uh, I just drove straight down the street. And there was nobody on – there was no traffic. And it was like 5 p.m. on a Sunday. So uh, I just wanted to like, oh, look at all the big buildings and there's no fucking people here. It's crazy. All right, see ya. <laughs> no, you couldn't get me out of my car down there. Hell no. No. Um yeah, so uh, one more piece of news, Tony. Um, this is a little bit more uh, sad, uh, and I don't—I didn't know this particularly particular fellow, but um, 
Barnaby Struve, who was the uh, former, one of the early leaders of the Three Floyds Brewery um, in their in their very early days, ended up being a vice president there for a while. Um, real kind fellow. I know he brewed at Rock Bot at a Brock Bottom for a while, um, and he had started to shift around. He he took a job in Sweden. He was brewing at Stig Bergets uh, and doing some leadership stuff for them. Uh, Stig Bergets is a great IPA brewery, by the way, in Gothenburg, Sweden. And I had not heard much from him since then. Um, I, I sort of had followed him a little bit because he, he had done such great work at Three Floyds, kind of blown that brewery up a little bit. Really big personality fellow. You would see him a lot milling about when you'd go out there. But he passed away uh, this week. Um, didn't don't Haven't heard any thing you know i've heard hints of stuff i don't want to say because it's all rumor but um you know he was not 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 a young fellow either so he, you know could have been anything for all we know you know um but uh yeah very sad i uh, just wanted to shout out to a to a, one of the handful of, of cool people in the uh beer industry uh unfortunately passed away um and certainly to the 10 people that, to the zero people that have probably ever heard of that fellow, but my, on my only platform I have, uh, just going to throw out my condolences for, for that guy and his friends and his family. And, um, you know, uh, you know, certainly sad to hear. It's too bad. And, uh, we, uh, we miss, uh, it's one of the things I miss about Chicago is that, that community, he was a part of it. And, um, I'm sure everybody's kind of who knew him, uh, that's all spread out across breweries now is, is hurting with that news. So, um, yeah, there you go. Tough, tough for, <laughs> tough for that. That's all I really got. I don't have, I don't have a way to end that, but that's sad. So <laughs> as usual, it's just like, this is where they would play the music on sports, on sports center. That's like, and then they play a commercial, you know, but I don't have anything. To put at the end. We don't have death, we don't have the death drop or whatever, or the injury music from the fucking Fox. So, We'll have to work on that. I'll work on some death music. Get some. um, Yeah, people are going to be dying left and right here. I'm sure. So, uh, um, we should have played it for Rush. Hey, you know, fuck that. Fuck Um, that guy. All right. So, uh, from from some bad news to some super funny news um, and a fun game. It's as always. We have to end our show with a game, and uh, this week is no different. Tony, I am shoving you down the well. Hopefully you don't die too, huh? Like Rush. And you are going to be uh, stuck in the well for a while while we play another delightful round of Untrapped. This is how out of form I am. Tony, uh, there's no holidays coming up, I don't think. I, of course, I won't know until uh, – I should stand by the mic. Huh? I won't know if there's any <laughs> holidays going on until the week after the holiday happens because so, we never do anything on time. So uh, I, I had to come up with some kind of theme for this. But uh, And then, Lord, lo and behold, uh, Ted Cruz decided to get on an airplane and fly to Cancun uh, even during this show, I've seen that there's been like uh, drops of, of uh, uh, leaks of, of group text messages in the family to 
for Ted to try to cover up his his uh, Cancun trip. Uh, supposedly, his daughters, uh, Mary Kate and Ashley style, said like, "Hey, Dad, let's go to Cancun," and he's like, "I'll take you, great," you know. And then they just did that. I don't know, whatever. But uh, this is a uh, a special edition of Untrapped in honor of. Uh, Flying Ted, as he's now going to be called, because that's the easiest pun in the world to take from our old buddy Donald Trump. Um, Flying Ted is here, and um, what it made me think was, damn, that guy gets to fly in a plane. He's a dickhead. I miss flying on an airplane. I like traveling, Tony. I miss getting on an airplane and going somewhere. I know that you weren't on planes a lot. Um, Actually, I don't really know. I guess if you were coming here, you'd have to be on a few of them. But uh, <laughs> that's what I was I about you to. Didn't, you weren't to flying as much as I was, anyways. At, yeah. at the time, the things shut down. I've been flying for work. Um, I like traveling. I like sort of the experience. Hell, I, I'll, I'll eat a ten dollar, fifteen dollar burger at the airport. You can't, you can't stop me. I'll do it, especially from the public in there. And I just sort of missed the the travel experience. Yeah. Um, excitement of getting to go to a new place, all that stuff. But Ted doesn't because Ted can do it whenever he wants. Yeah. I will say from my point of view before you get into the game, it's not that I flew a lot, but when I did, it was always sort of long haul. And I actually Mm -hmm. like the experience of an airport. The experience I don't love, which I'm sure you're familiar with because you've you've flown on plenty of long haul journeys, is once you get past about that five-hour mark on a plane, it becomes quite tedious. And that's yeah. that's something I don't enjoy. But the the whole thing of experience, even new airports, not necessarily new places, yep. no matter how shitty it. the airport is, it can be a fun journey. Exactly. I'm not a big plane spotter guy, but I do like traveling on the plane. So um, I, I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a little bit of a dork for getting on the cool planes, and you know, oh, I get to find the new Dreamliner or whatever. That's cool, you know. Yeah, and get the new and, snacks. Look at the new menus. You love it, you know. Yeah, and your packing technique is phenomenal. I know you and Kelly were not paying for <laughs> baggage one one particular trip you took to Vegas before you were flying around on on a on a corporate dime. Oh, flying flying on Spirit. Now those <laughs> yeah. days have ended. Tony. Uh, <laughs> drinking buzz balls on Spirit Airlines is <laughs> those days. Uh, that ship has sailed. I've uh, I've got I've reached a certain age that. Uh, I don't believe my wife would permit me to do such a thing. And nor will my knees, I don't think. So, <laughs> um, Tony, I thought we would uh, talk about, um, and I could get you to uh, guess the rating of three of my favorite beers I've had on an airplane, uh, <laughs> in fact, um, in honor of our friend Flying Ted. Maybe Ted was cracking up. What do you think Ted was drinking on the American Airlines flight? I mean, it had to be like either a fat tire no. Or a Bud Light or a Miller Light or whatever. You're getting you know. close. It's the Bud Light Clamato beer. That's definitely what <laughs> what Ted's drinking. Ted's getting a field beer, I believe, as they call it. Or um, he's drinking, because um, it's the only time I've ever seen it ordered in America, Michelob Ultra. Always ordered on Southwest flights for some reason. People love the Michelob Ultra on a Southwest flight. People love it everywhere. It's the hot, fastest growing beer in the world or something. What? It's wild. Yeah. It's nuts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Um, cool. So I got three beers here. These are all beers that I've had in flight. And, and uh, you know, and beers just taste better in the air. It means you're going somewhere new. Sometimes they taste worse because you're going home, so you're pissed off, but that's okay. This one, uh, so here's the first one, Tony. This is a beer I had. 
on my flight from uh, Chicago to Reykjavik, uh, just, a just 18 months ago about or so. Um, this is called Yola Gould. Um, it's spelled Jola Gull, like a seagull. Um, Yola, I believe refers to the Yule season, the Christmas season. Yola no, Gult. I believe it, it stands for you only live once. Yolo. It's Yolo Gul. Um, it's, it's spelled with a J of course. Um, so I don't know what would that be, Jolo. <laughs> I know a guy named Jolo actually. Um, it is by the brewery Olyerdin Eilskalyrimsen. Uh, I'm sure that's correct. And uh, this is for that's that's kind of the big brewery, the the macro brewery in um, in Iceland, if there is one. It's a Belgian style pale, smoothly dry hopped and spiced with orange peel. So. Tony, in the Nordic nations, at least, pretty much all the big breweries, including a brewery like Tuborg, make a Christmas beer. And they're always these little Belgian-ish beers that have sort of a reddish color, um, and they have a spicy taste, like an orangey, cinnamony, clove taste. Yep. Um, and I drank this beer on an airplane. This beer has 2,588 check-ins. Um, it's 5.4% alcohol. It's categorized as a Belgian blonde. I don't know if I would call it blonde. It's more like an amber color. Um, so uh, 1,954 ratings on it. So, Tony, what do you think? Uh, Yola Gould, what's your guess on this one? Um, I think this is... It's not going to be a super high scorer, but I think mm -hmm. this is a fairly well-crafted beer. Uh, I'm not sure whether you say, said you enjoyed all these beers or not, but I'm not sure that's even going to affect. Tony, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I did like this beer. Um, I wouldn't yep. call it a uh, – what I wouldn't say I, it was a masterpiece of, of brewing production in my mind personally. But would you but say I it's a say step it, up from like, Bud Light? No, oh, yeah, of course. I mean yeah. – Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to say it comes in at a very respectable 3.94. Tony, this one's going to be rough for you because uh, uh, as much as you think the Australians are tough on the ratings, the Icelanders are <laughs> notoriously brutal. This is a 3.14 uh, for Yola Group. <laughs> Um, unfortunately for Tony, uh, I can't even give you that one. Um, and I tend to be pretty lenient here. And I was shocked to see that because I, and, and I remember when I checked this in the first time, I said, damn, what, what's the problem here? I thought it was perfectly competent. Um, and when you look through the ratings, you'll see the same thing. It's Icelanders saying not bad, you know, three, you know, yep. whatever, 2.75. Like, okay. I guess that's just. I don't know how they grade in Iceland schools, I guess. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know. Um, so uh, maybe it has something to do with that. Don't know. But uh, I've always noticed that Iceland's beers are rated very harshly. Um, had some really good hazy IPAs from, from Borea and from RVK that were rated like 3.5. Like, shit, it's <laughs> brutal. Um, so there you go. That one's 0 for 1 for Tony. This next one. 
Now, this one, Tony, I, I know this ruins it for you, and you really should not use my opinion on these beers to guess the rating is, is just my tip for you <laughs> um, because we know that Europeans are hard on beer. So uh, this one is a beer I had going to Copenhagen, Tony, um, and actually got to have it in Copenhagen also because it was at the um, NBCC Festival. This uh, one's called – sorry. I was just going to say, but, okay, the ice, ice – Landics or the the native folk Icelanders, the native folk of Iceland are kind of known as hard asses. Like their 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 most yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, fuzzy person is Bjork, and she by most people is a cold <laughs> individual. But by yep. Iceland standards, um, she's a she's a teddy bear. But the the Danes and and all those Nordic countries tend to have some of the happiest countries in the world, and also some of the highest suicide rates in the world. Yeah. So I'd expect a slightly higher rating from. Yeah, Icelanders are pretty happy. I'll say that it's just that they don't. They're not very. Um, they. They. I, I think. I don't know. I think this is part of why Americans find Europeans to be standoffish. But I don't think Europeans actually care enough to be standoffish. Um, they think they're being standoffish, but they're just they're less emotional, right? They yep. they tend to swing more evenly. Um, Iceland is about as even of people as you'll ever meet. Um, but they, 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 their lives are not horrible. It's cold there, but they're they're doing all right yep. there. Hey, compared to us, we're f- fucking power to have a broken power grid and whole countries tearing in half. So, um, anyways, uh, this one's called Seal Blue, Tony. This is from Mikeler Bahalan. Uh, uh I never can. I'll never be able to say it right. It's it's it says Baghaven. <laughs> That's what I'd like to say. But uh, this is the um, – I've talked about them on here before. This is the, the um, kind of open fermented wild wild beers and, and Nordic farmhouse beers that are being made by um, – uh, well, the feller's name I forget, but the guy who used to be at Toolbox in California is, is out there now, and their beers are amazing, and I sat there for hours uh, last year. Um, it's called Seal Blue. This is a deep violet with herbal blueberry and floral notes of elderflower and sweet honeysuckle. Subtle blueberry and red fruit on the palate with a hint of oak brewed exclusively for Scandinavian airlines. Uh, this is a 7.4% fruited sour. Uh, I would call it a farmhouse sour uh, at best or food yep. fruited saison. 622 check-ins, 543 Ratings on Seal Blue. I'll be honest. I thought this shit was fucking awesome. Uh, okay. So, so using your that, that, doesn't, that probably doesn't mean anything, but so using your sort of rating, let's recalibrate this. I'm going to say that you're right. This is delicious, but with the way that they rate beer, is much more in line with Australia and being airline beer. Probably people that are checking this beer in could be slightly frustrated. I'm going to say I'm going to go conservative and go with three point four seven. Feel like I'm high there. Feel like I'm really high, but three point four seven. Tony, you overcorrected. This is a three point seven two for oh, Seal Blue. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Which is not what it deserves. Um, it, this no, is a I, I was I was I was far closer with my rating without even tasting it. Yep, um, it's uh, 
yeah, it's it's not it's not the right rating. Now, I would say there's two problems with this. Now, um, I snuck this because I got to drink it at the at the festival, right? But you would have this is a beer brewed especially for the business class passengers. Ah, uh, um, you didn't you didn't put that in that they were business class. I thought yeah, they, uh, the description. I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> the uh, uh, business class passengers tend to be fucking idiots. Um, in most cases, um, if you've ever met a rich person, uh, they don't have any taste. I don't know what to tell you. You know, rich people, they buy, they buy taste. They drink Miller Lite. They pay $6 for a Miller Lite. Um, we know that's true. So seal blue, uh, you went under, it's underrated still, but, um, you're getting closer, Tony. Let's see if you can squeeze one out. But this one might throw you too. Who knows? Here we go. I'm sure um, it will the way this game's been going. Tony, this might be one of my favorites I've ever had on an airplane, I got to say. This is um, Lush IPA from Fremont Brewing. Uh, Fremont from Seattle, uh, not Fremont Street. No, but they've been around for a long time. At least 10 been years, around. haven't they? Decent amount. Yeah, I'd say yeah. about 10 years. Um, famously, the makers of Dark Star. That's what um, I know them from. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, the batch, what is it? Batch 2000 or whatever. That was like the, or 3000. That was the mega barley wine. That shit was good. Um, Lush IPA. I had this on a Alaska airlines flight. Nice airline, by the way, wasn't flying to Alaska. It's fine. Seattle. Um, and, uh, here you go. The, uh, we bring this tropical treat to you as a reminder of spring's coming. It's rebirth and promise of sunny days forever. Lush is made with a hand-selected blend of malts and lush tropical hops to help you bridge the last days of winter and the coming of the spring fever. That reads weird. We hope you enjoy this tropical treat, keep your sunglasses handy, and wash away your cares in the coming spring rains. It is a 7% IPA. I would call this a West Coast style IPA, okay, um, juicy IPA, if that makes sense, um, like a uh, uh, like a like you know like a modern hopped West Coast IPA. Yep. If that makes, if, if you get what I'm saying here, neo style um, West Coast IPAs. I'm starting sure. to call them sixty seven thousand eight hundred and twenty one total check ins, forty four thousand thirty eight ratings. Two of them are mine <laughs> for Lush IPA, 7% ADIBU. Also, okay. I'll throw that too. There are three factors in this that could completely be irrelevant, but American audience, so it's going to rate mm-hmm. differently to those overseas ones. Got to go back to an American scoring system. Right. The style is somewhat divisive, doesn't quite get the the bombs that usually, yeah, usually does not pull the four and a halfs that monkish yep. cloudy IPAs are pulling. Yeah. And the fact that it's served on flights and also that there are a fair amount of multiple check-ins and this is leading me to think that this is higher. Do I think this is a five star or 4.7? No. Do I think it's in the fours? Absolutely. I think this is in the low fours. I think it's in the very, very low fours. At four point one six, it's it's a very close, uh, uh, a very um, specific guess, but it's not that close actually. Um, oh. 
Tony, this is a 3.92 for Lush IPA. And I hope this teaches you a lesson with this beer or this type of beer. The very best, the very nicest, um, single, juicy West Coast IPA will tread the line between 3.9 and 4. Yeah, much. I should have known. I, I um, put that into my thinking. I just, I just think that these neo-style West Coast IPAs should be rated higher and therefore I, I tend to overrate a, them. This is a four. This is a four point. For me, this was a four and a half beer. Um, I thought it was delicious. Uh, and and this is right in that realm with the beers I've been drinking during the show over the last few weeks. The uh, Taste for Adventure from Pizza Port, the Swamis, the uh, the stuff out here from a brewery called Brower Browery West. Um, they make these just super light, easy to drink, little sweet, juicy. Uh, clear IPAs, and this is right in that same, you know, ballpark. Um, this is one of those beers that's, I think, is one of the better beers with food. Um, most food tastes good with this beer. <laughs> um, it it's so easy to drink. You can eat chicken wings with this. You can eat a burger with this. I don't care, you know. Um, yep. It, it, and so yeah, it's it's under. I think all three of these beers are undervalued. Um, I think. Um, I think you had a, a, a good approach, but unfortunately, Tony, you are stuck. I, I will have to – now I'm stuck buying you another couple of VHS tapes to, to loft down there. Oh, well. Maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll look up – maybe I'll get on um, – is there any lookups for, like, old-school porno videos? I can look up for the petite – maybe you're getting turned down by the Lauren, Lauren Boebert types. I can find some. Absolutely. You know, Mommy's Little Girl it's 4 or whatever, you know. I don't know. <laughs> Is that a porno? <laughs> I don't know, but what's this? And we're our That's right, You're people. You're still there, Tony. You're still there. This. Just got to wait for Krusty to finish. Another, another week at least. This is a bonus round of Untrapped. Oh, no. This is actually using Amazon scores. This is one for you to answer. Okay. This is a little book called One Vote Away, How a Single Supreme Court Seat Can Change History. Oh, boy. By Mr. Ted Cruz. <laughs> with, with, ju- with Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg's sudden passing, control of the Supreme Court and with it, the fate of the Constitution has become the deciding issue for many voters in the 2020 presidential election, and the stakes could not be higher. This book was put out on September 29th of 2020. Um, it didn't work. Um, obviously not. This has been rated by 4,670 people. Uh, I don't know how many check-ins, but that's how many um, ratings. And, of course, Amazon only go to one decimal place. What do you think this book got out of five stars? And God, this is the global um, ranking, not just the American. This is So the two things I got away here are, uh, well, the global rating, boy, that's one. Um, so here's the things I'm, I'm kind of playing in my head here. Uh, okay, when, when – when say like the local coffee shop turns out to be owned by some right-wing lunatic. And I'm not saying this is the thing you should do. 
I mean, whatever. I don't care. I think it's funny. Not, but it's it's like the peak of um, in, ineffectual liberalism, I guess. Is I'm gonna fucking rate the coffee shop one star. <laughs> then we'll have to eat shit, right? As if that achieves anything. Um, but that's just something people do, right? They go on there and they're like, yep. they're, this guy's a dickhead, you know, whatever. And it is funny. I, I, I support it, frankly. I don't care, you know, whatever. Fuck that guy. Um, so I feel like there's going to be some of that. Um, but there's also the, like, 4chan crowd just floating around out there too. Does it even out? I don't think it evens out. Look, I'll give you a bit more of a help. That with Amazon, they've started tagging things that have, common themes in the reviews so mm-hmm. i'll give you a couple of things that were sort of with the algorithm picked up supreme court was one of the mm-hmm. phrases yeah that makes sense ted cruz uh-huh. senator cruz uh-huh. uh well written oh no must read free speech and my favorite reading this book See, is that helpful though? Because I bet the do the people who write one star review too. Do you have to review? I don't remember. Do I have to write something? No, you can just check it in and give it a star rating. You don't have to write anything. See, I was going to say like a one point eight or something, but I don't think that's going to be right based on what you just said. Um, I'm going to say I do think it's going to get dragged down. I would say like a three point three. Well, I'm going to have company in the well this week because it rates 4.8 out of 5 stars. (laughs) I guess that makes sense. People don't. um... Do you have to have bought it to rate it? it, You don't, but it does say verified purchaser or not. Um, So a couple of the taglines from the review. Timely and fascinating book. Excellent as always was another one. Jesus. Worth a read no matter what side of politics you're on. That oh, I yeah, highly true. doubt. Right. And mm-hmm. the first one-star review, religious doctrine thinly masters politics. That, I think, is probably a fair summation of the book. I feel like I, yeah. I was like, why isn't? I mean, if it's, if this were any other application, it'd be one star review, and it would just say like "big titty honkers" or something, you know? Uh, <laughs> this is fucking stupid. I I did not know that book came out until yesterday, um, so maybe that's part of the reason why I got this wrong because it didn't get a whole lot of pub in not- the um, with like the leftist crowd or the or the even like the the liberal moms crowd that's going on Amazon to fuck with shit, but. Um, so I, I didn't know it existed. So maybe I guess that's part of the reason why the only people who found out that it existed were fucking Fox News people. So um, cool. Not just Fox News people. I imagine Newsmax people would have read this, and maybe you some... think so? I mean, I think there's the oh. reading, the cognitive capability of people tends to decline. Absolutely. You you've forgotten one thing, my friend. Audible is an Amazon product, and Audible ratings no, factor into this too. You just have to listen to it. Yeah. Yep. Good point. All right. Well, I'll get in the well too. Do we have to look at each other while we do this now? Absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. And it's I, I just want to make it clear that this well is not just some sort of dingy hole. This is if you've ever seen the um, opal mines in Cooper Pedy, where people then oh, yeah. turn those old abandoned opal mines into homes, 
that's the style of well we've got. We've got separate I swear rooms. I watch, I watch something. On Netflix. Uh, it, um, yes. it's, a, it's a hotel reality show. I know the one you're talking yes. about. Yeah, where people stayed in these things. It's kind of like yeah. that. But except for like normal mattresses, we've got like water beds and not the anti-wave water beds, but we've got the old-fashioned 70-style water beds. Oh, yeah, like that, around in. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yep. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a blast. We, we're just going to watch a bunch of um, found footage fest. I, <laughs> I ran across the, the YouTube. They review. The, yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah, those guys are great. So we're going to be the, watching a lot yeah. of those and, and mix that in the with Yahoo, some. Yahoo Serious Film Festival, I think, from that I only knew from The Simpsons existing. I know those words, but they don't know. How do they go together? <laughs> um, all right, Tony, let's wrap this thing up. Okay, uh, let's. Tony, you can, uh, you and, and, and your friends and everybody else who wants to get a hold of us, come do it on Discord. Um, send us a note on. Instagram, send us an email. We will get you added to the Discord channel, uh, server, whatever, whichever one you want to be. Um, there, there he goes. We, we lost him. Uh, get us on email. You can send us an email. Uh, it'll just be me next week, though, because Tony's choking to death. But uh, send us an email, show at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram. Beer Engine Pod is our name. Check us out on Twitter. I tweet every time Brian Malik is on the show. So if you're a big Brian fan, you got to follow us on Twitter because you'll find out, you know, pretty fast. Um, we're Beer Engine Pod on Twitter too. I think that's it. Uh, Tony, any uh, parting words, you know, from down in the well here? Oh, I just want to say I was lucky to survive today's show. I would like to recommend that. You don't drink a warm soda stream um, seltzer Ugh. with no alcohol or no flavouring in it that's been sitting out for an hour and a half in no 32, deg- 32 degrees Celsius weather. Because I was, I was yeah. very parched. It was still fizzy, but I needed an ice cube in that sucker. It was very warm and it nearly killed me. Brutal. All right, guys. Well, keep your water down and we'll talk next week. See you.